0: Good morning, good afternoon, good night. It's Shavi. If you know me, I'm happy you're here. If you don't, I converted a moving truck into a tiny home amidst the pandemic, gave up my place and hit the road. Starting in Vancouver, I drove to Miami and realized that there was too much adventure not to share. So to fill you in on my journey, the Play On Foundation presents the Two Degrees podcast. Why two degrees? Because I'm now a snowbird and escaping two degree weather. I built the truck wrong and the majority of the weight is on the passenger side so we're tilted at two degrees but also i'm going to catch up with industry professionals who i'm glad to call friends and bring you two degrees of separation away from them and what they do so welcome to the two degrees podcast brought to you by the play on foundation for neurological research and brain aneurysm detection and prevention To learn more about the Play On Foundation, check out www.letsplayon.org. But for now, enjoy the show. But first, a quick word. Do you like mangoes? (laughs) Of course you do. And if you don't, well, I'm sure there's a high chance you might know someone who does. Well, the Two Degrees Podcast is sponsored by Peeled Fruit. No, not just random fruit that's been peeled, but the children's book about a mother's love language of peeling mango for her baby. Available for delivery on bookbaby.com, bookshop.org, Barnes and Noble, Powell's, and Amazon, just to name a few of the retailers. It even ships worldwide. Check out at Peeled Fruit Book on Instagram. For more information on how to get your copy of this heartwarming story, peeled fruit, illustrated by Rhoda Domingo. How's it going on, everybody? Welcome to the Two Degrees Podcast, brought to you by the Play On Foundation. And today's guest is is one that I've been really eager to speak with because just knowing that we're from the same Toronto community and. Where she has taken it is is definitely something to not only admire but to also just be inspired after. So everybody, Kiana Madeira, how are you doing?
1: Thanks. Hey, I'm good. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. That was amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're so. Oh my gosh, your hair.
0: Yeah, still going. Still going at it.
1: It is beautiful.
0: I'm only keeping this hair to make you jealous. That is actually the only (laughs) purpose of... (laughs) I cut
1: my hair, like, it's, like, short now. Like, I cut it, and I look at pictures, and I'm like, oh, man, cut my hair. was so long. So seeing your hair, I'm like, wow, Uh, you're so long. It looks so healthy.
0: I hope so. Um, Like, that's that's the hope. That's the, the the goal. But to be honest, it's really hard to take care of this thing in the truck. So I try my best to just not get it as dirty as possible. That's my only health care regiment right now.
1: (laughs) I get that. Also, like, respects for living in a truck, because that sounds very minimalistic, which sounds like would be refreshing, but also super challenging.
0: Oh, yeah. No, for sure. You hit it right on the head where it's like, that is i think you also would reflect the sentiment to that same degree where it's like trying to just get back to yourself and not need as many things as you once thought you had or you thought that you once needed so there's that and then there's like the the trials of actually being in it in the moment where it's like for example where we're parked um we're running off of solar power and we have a generator and then right before i hopped on the call the generator kind of gave a little sound that i'm not too happy with so after this call i'm gonna give it another shot and hopefully it turns on because if it doesn't turn on it's gonna be an interesting remainder of this journey
1: oh man well i'm praying for that to turn on that's
0: yeah. thankful <laughs> So like if that if that doesn't, but it's going to make for great content, right? So that's going to be the exactly. upside to it. <laughs> so what's yep. going on with you? How have you been? What's, what's new in, in the world of Kiana?
1: Um, I've been good, you know, I, I'm in New York right now with Lavelle. We just got back. We were in Toronto um, visiting family for the holidays, which was mm. nice um and yeah we're back in new york i'm actually i'm training right now i'm shooting my next movie is is shooting at the end of march in poland and it's called perfect addiction so i'm actually i'm playing an mma trainer slash fighter so i just started tomorrow's my first training session for martial arts like mixed martial arts
0: Yeah. and
1: yeah i'm really excited so i'm like fitness training three times a week and fight training three times a week and like it's gonna be a really big challenge, like in terms of discipline, but I something I need, which I'm excited yeah. for. Yeah.
0: So that leads to one of the questions that I want to bring up, where I was like, you and Laval, like, have been going hard at the gym, um, especially yep. before the holidays. Like, you guys were posting videos and stuff of you guys just going crazy. Is this for the role, or is this was that a lifestyle choice that you were already into?
1: We were already into it. We, we work with our trainer Jerry Joseph, and um, we've been like training with him, but not super consistently. So now I think is an opportunity to like have an end goal in mind. So we're going to be very like I I'm training for the project, but Lavelle's pretty much acting like he's also training for the project. Like every time <laughs> I go, he's uh, nice. but. We've been training, like, we've we've been trying to make it a lifestyle thing before, but we were kind of, like, you know, we'd work out, like, maybe twice a week, go really hard, and then, like, miss a week and go back, but now it's, like, there's a reason to be really scheduled and disciplined, so hmm. I think we'll notice a big difference this time around.
0: Can I ask them, like, yeah. what your goal is with working out, if you have a goal, or is it that you have, what's, what's, what in your definition is your reason for working out
1: that is a great great question I I've been working out like probably for like eight years I would say I grew up really athletic and through high school I played sports so that was mostly for fun but then in my early 20s I dealt with a lot of body image issues and I started to become kind of obsessed with like weight loss and working out so my relationship with food and my relationship with exercise has changed so much over the course of my life. And now I'm very grateful because I, I think I'm finally at a place. I feel like I'm finally at a place where I'm working out because it's it's not just in aesthetic. Like it's not just to look a certain way. I do want to feel stronger and I want to just, you know, be more agile, be flexible, like notice that I can lift things. I can lift my body weight. And um the main thing that I want to get out of working out this time is kind of going at it with a, like a childlike curiosity and joy, because mm. I think it, it could be so rigorous and it could be so intense that it's easy to be hard on yourself, like to see results and, you know, push yourself in a way that in my experience in the past has had negative implications. Mm. So this time around, I just really want to experience the joy of like, you know, feeling connected to my body and like just getting strong
0: yeah um the first thing that popped into my head when you said like childlike curiosity when it comes to working out was do you watch friends
1: no i Uh, don't i should
0: (laughs) i'll send i'll send you a clip but there's there's um an episode where um rachel started running and then phoebe was like hey can i come and then so they're at the park ready to go and then phoebe the way she runs she runs like a child and she does it on purpose because it's like why else would you want to run running's boring why not make it fun so that was the first thing that i thought of when it came to that
1: wow i actually love that mentality
0: and that's you get so a, cute and you get like a better workout that way too because your entire body is involved so it's interesting You're
1: like flailing <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: exactly um <laughs> yeah so then one thing to like i wanted like just to share in in regards to that is like I feel, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, where it's like, I feel actors should just get in the gym to get to know their body because being able to move as the character is one of the things that I find is is um, very crucial that a lot of actors, especially those starting off or those who haven't had like conservatory training, they miss out on is the body work. where To create a character fully, you also have to embody them. So then what if this character all of a sudden has a slouch? Now imagine going to work and you have to put on that slouch and you're working like a 10-hour, possibly 16-hour day in that position, your body's going to ache. So then it's going to the gym with the purpose of knowing how to move your body in those situations. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's That's been yeah. uh, the That's, thing with me.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. That's why I love yoga too. Hmm. Because yoga, I think it's like it's like similar to working out. Well, it, it is like a form of working out, but it's it also makes you connect your your body, your mind, your body, and your breathing. Because yeah. like for me, when I'm like if I'm like lifting weights, or I don't know, sometimes I hold my breath, and I find like we know as actors hmm. like. We're not gonna actually like experience these these circumstances and and really feel connected to our characters if we're if we're not breathing. Yeah. So be to be able to like you said like connect with your body and also breathe through things and kind of like have a sense of surrender at the same time. It's not easy. So yeah, definitely, I think it's it's like kind of part of our job to do those things because we get to set and all of a sudden you know like when I started acting, I always felt like. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I was always like, I don't know what to do with my hands. And then, and then like I learned that it's because I didn't feel connected with my body. And I wasn't hmm. actually embodying the character. Cause you know, as a character, I, I wouldn't be thinking about what to do with my hands, but yeah. because I had that disconnection, it was hard. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> when I was like really into trying to figure myself out as an actor. And so I'm thinking, oh, I gotta go to the gym for this. I gotta gotta make sure I have this routine down. I gotta, you know, just eat, read, sleep, gym, and then repeat when I'm training as an actor. And like one thing that I, for some reason, became self-conscious about was the only reason why I run is so I can kind of have some kind of form when I run because if you haven't ran for a while and then it's your first day back, you clearly look like you're in pain and you're struggling. And I'm thinking where it's like, oh, if I'm on set and they ask me to run, am I going to be able to do it or am I going to look like I never ran in my life? So it's like, I'll go for a run like once a week just to make sure my joints still work and it, it looks like a decent gait, if you will.
1: <laughs> yeah that's so true that's so true that'd be like so awkward if you get to say (laughs) you can't run you're just like you look awkward on camera you're like out of breath you're like dying like i'd be like i'm so sorry We're, we're we're young
0: oh man oh and there's this is another fun thing that i used to do as well was like um i'll try and recite a monologue or sing a song while i'm running Mm -hmm. just so i can like control my muscle in that aspect and with respect to that make sure i have enough breath in me to deliver lines and i actually got that from this interview from beyonce where she was like how Mm -hmm. when she was a kid back in like destiny's child days her dad would make her run a mile and sing a song just so when she's on stage she's not going to find she's out of breath. And that's how she's able to do what she does on stage is because of, like, the mentality like that. So a part of my workout mentality is Beyonce-inspired. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's, that makes sense, though. I mean, yeah, especially being a singer on stage and, like, dancing like she does. That's why yeah. a lot of singers have to listen. Yeah. Because they can't do Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Wow. So what's going on in, in your world? I'm, I'm curious in regards to just what it's like balancing out everything and i'm alluding to just like that balance and mental health where how do you keep everything together because especially since you've taken off in regards to the shows that you've done and and the following that you garnered and all the press and all the shoots that you're doing. Like, I, I can only imagine, you know, what's going on in your head in regards to keeping balance and keeping that mental health alive.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, things definitely got like super busy in 2021 last year um, with like Fear Street coming out. And um, yeah, I mean, there were challenges like with the Instagram followers, you know, at the same time, I feel like, oh, it's just a number. But then also I started like, there's just like the comments, I think, were like really like getting to me like there, there was this one photo, for example, like this kind of messed with my mental health. This is, is why I think of it. But there's this one photo shoot I did where like the photographer was like, oh, you should take some pictures like covering your eye or like just do a pose like that. And I was like, oh. I didn't think anything of it. Right. And so like, I posted it shortly after fear street came out when I like kind of got a lot of followers. And there were so many comments on that photo. Like it was in a, it's in a slide. So I'm wearing like a red dress and I'm like just normal on the first slide. And then you slide over and then there's one where I'm covering my eye and so many people were like, she sold her soul. That's Illuminati. Like, wow, that's so sad. She was such a good Christian girl. I was like, and like, this was months ago at this point. So now I'm like, that's, that's funny. But at the time I was like, it actually like was so hard to deal with. I was like, I felt like I needed to comment back to everyone being like, oh, what are you wow. talking about? You know, and I was like talking to my publicist and she's like, don't address it. It's fine. Like, let it pass. But I was like, damn, like hmm. this is, I guess, my first little taste of this kind of like negativity that comes with fame and people thinking they really know you based off of something so like mm-hmm. trivial. Um. And I was in Boston with my sister at the time and Lavelle was there visiting and, We went out to dinner, and I remember just, like, my mind was so focused on that. I couldn't even be present with, like, the people I love. And I was like, damn, this is going to be – this is, like, a little taste of the challenges that come with fame, I suppose. So, um, some things that really helped me were, one, talking to the people that I was with, talking to people I love, so they can kind of, like, you know, ground me and be like, delete your app right now. Like, I always delete my Mm. Instagram app. Mm. I really limit my – instagram because i think instagram's a trap (laughs) like i yeah like i go on it to check it and like reply to messages then i delete the app because instagram and social media and mental health is like it's it's bad for your mental health Mm. for me personally Yeah. yeah so that's one thing i do definitely limit my time on social media um try not to get too caught up in news um and I'm not sure if you know, but I have like a, I would say pretty strong faith. I believe in Jesus. I'm Christian. So like my, my faith is so grounding to me and really, really gives me such a positive perspective and just reminds me to always be compassionate, always come from a place of love, including to myself, which um, I think for me, mental health, my struggles with mental health are are, are often like negative self-talk. So being reminded to have compassion for myself, like through my faith, really really helps me a lot. Um, yeah, and I think yeah just just voicing like having conversations, you know, with friends, family, and loved ones, and not feeling like you have to like um like be in your head all the time really right. really helps me. Yeah.
0: How about you? No. Um... I wouldn't say I'm, I'm at the level of fame where you are in regards to the notoriety and everything. So it's like, mm-hmm. managing my social media has definitely been easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but like even with respect to that, where I remember I was I was at this point where I was like, I'm just gonna get off social media. And yeah. then, then just as i was literally going to deactivate my account and delete the app like my manager messages me he's like hey congrats on getting verified and i was like oh interesting so now that i have that verification thing now i look at it and i'm like what does this mean i have I have this check mark and then like i remember when i first got it so many people came to me it's like hey how did you get verified how did you get verified and i was like I, 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 I don't know i don't know and then All of a sudden it became people actually looked at that check mark. And I was like, okay, maybe I can't just delete it. Now I think I have to present myself differently on here in a way. And I can't I can't say or or you know post things that might offend people. And then I went down that rabbit hole of like trying to post just inspirational and motivational things and then just doing that kind of messed with my mental health because it made me believe that everything was okay when in reality everything was not okay. So yeah, it's funny because I, I was definitely gonna gonna come to this question with you in regards to social media because in, in regards to the people in my like close degree of separation, your following count skyrocketed and i was curious to know just like what was that like in regards to when it first started going up oh it's still going up oh now all of a sudden there's a lot of attention on you there's a lot of eyes on you where did your head go in regards to that
1: mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. it's a good question they kind of like they I think the production and... Oops, hold on, sorry. Uh, one sec. My bad. Um, the production, I think, did a really good job at, like, preparing us for that because mm-hmm. they have a thing called the Netflix effect, which is, like, actually a uh, uh, thing where they say, like, certain projects on Netflix, if Netflix, like, really wants a project, I think... I mean, I don't know if it's because they wanted to, but certain projects on Netflix like have the potential to kind of blow up yeah. and they were kind of telling us like you know this movie's going to be really big and it was it's you know some of the writers of stranger things and some of the cast of stranger things and like so there were some things I think that were in place that I was like I think I think this this might be pretty big so it didn't really surprise me that much mm-hmm. we're kind of weird to say but like in a way, I'm really grateful because I think we all have the power to have this perspective, too. I think I did kind of just see it as, like, a number changing. I have this perspective with money, too. Like, when I when I look, like, at my bank account online, no matter what the number is, to me, I'm always like, it's so weird. It's just like a number in my phone. Like, is it is it a real tangible thing, you know? and I think Instagram followers are like that too. Like, yeah, there's this number beside my profile now, but like, what does it really mean? You know, yeah. I think about it like that. And I'm like, so it didn't, it didn't like hit me that hard, but I, I do feel a responsibility that comes with, with having more followers in terms of like what I choose to speak about. And like the thing The, my, I, I'm much more intentional now with what I post and mm-hmm. With, like, the pandemic and everything, I haven't, I, like, in the last probably couple of months, for me, I feel like I haven't even posted as much as I would want to because everything's very political, and so I just don't even touch that. I'm, like, I just, it's hard sometimes, but, like, I'm, like, I think, oh, I don't even know what to say. Sometimes Mm. I don't even know what to say because I'm, like, I know what I do say is going to have an effect and is going to have consequences, so... I think I'm in the spot now where I'm navigating, like, yes, it's, it's a number on a screen, but also can, ha- can even affect your career.
0: Yeah.
1: Like that's, that's the thing about being an artist, right? Like Lavelle and I were talking about this today, like art, it, you can be an artist and you can make like no money or you can be an artist and you can make a ridiculous amount of money. You can be an artist and not be famous or for some reason you can be an artist and be like the most famous person in the world. And like, everyone knows your name. So it's that responsibility that that comes with it. And, and yeah, it's kind of like, I'm always challenging myself. Like, what am I really trying to do with my platform? What am I really trying to do with this responsibility? Why have I been given this responsibility? All these things. So I'm working it out, which is why I'm like, I think I'm like kind of silent right now, but these are things that like to answer your question I didn't really think about before but now that I have like you know more followers I'm like damn these you gotta go deep with it (laughs) yeah yeah
0: you you brought up an excellent question in regards to the why do you have all these followers and that's like your journey and and you you probably already have gone down that self question of why but then now i'm curious as to the how because in regards to all the hard work that you've done your whole family your your siblings are also just as artistic so i want to go i want to go back i want to go to what what that household was like when you were growing up, was it always that artistic or did that just happen? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think now that you, now that you mention it, like, so my parents had my brother and I pretty young. My mom was, when my brother was born, he's a year and a half older than me. My mom was 18 and my dad was 20. And then when they had me, my mom was 20 and my dad was 22. So they were like, they were really young And my sister was born nine years after me. So growing up, like my parents, they even still, they have a really young energy and um, they're definitely artists themselves. Like my mom, my parents are very, very creative. My mom writes, my dad was into acting when he was a kid. He also like can do, he can like rap and do lots of things musically. And although they're not professionals, growing up in our household, we were always like, we're very loud, we're very expressive. There's always loud music playing. Like even as a kid, I could, I could sleep through like anything. Like loud music was bumping at like three in the morning. So like, it was always kind of like that artistic energy at home, which I think is definitely why we're all pretty artistic and at least feel that we have that support to mm-hmm. uh, really, you know, chase our dreams in that in that yeah. way. Definitely, I think because of the way my parents raised us.
0: Nice. And yeah. then, was it always acting? When did the acting bug kick in?
1: Uh, for me, it yeah. yeah. So when I was, I was a really shy kid, and hmm. um, when I was five, I I watched Grease with John Travolta, and I like fell in love with John Travolta. I like had the biggest nice. crush on him, and uh, and then I was like how can I meet him and marry him? I need to like be in a movie like this with him. And I was five. And then I was like, I I told my parents like, I want to be an actor. I want to be an actor. And they were like, okay, like, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Like when you get a little little bit older and I was like, okay. And I just really was like obsessed with this thought of like marrying John Travolta. And I remember I was in a grocery store with my parents and, he was on the cover of one of the magazines, and Grease was shot in like the 70s. Yeah. So this was the 90s. He was not he was not the same as he was in <laughs> And I saw like a recent photo of him, and I was like, I mean, hey, John is always handsome, but he, he was older, and I was like, I mean, and he was already <laughs> so much older than a five-year-old. But you know the logic, I'm like, I was like, damn. So I don't think I'm gonna marry him, but, For some reason, like, I never stopped saying and telling my parents that I wanted to be an actor. So when I was 10, my brother was into hockey, and my parents were asking me, like, you know, Nikane's doing hockey, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to to be an actor. I've been telling you guys. And they're like, okay. So they signed me up with, like, a small agency in Toronto, and I, like, auditioned for commercials. Never got them. Like, I used to audition like, those, like, um, mini pop kids.
0: You know, those, like...
1: And the, I was the like,
0: ones the, the clean versions of hip hop songs? Yeah. That one? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: I used to audition for those all the time. I never got it. Like oh. I was I would pay to see one of those auditions now. Like I was so probably so awkward in them. Like um.
0: So what did I you remember, have to do in it though? Did you have to like sing clean versions or radio edit versions of these rapper songs?
1: Yep. Yeah, that you would sing like pop songs or like rap songs, and like you'd be in a room with like other kids, and you, everyone's like trying to outshine each other.
0: That's so funny.
1: <laughs> I know it's very competitive for young kids. Yeah. But um, yeah. And then and then so that was when I was ten. And then when I was eleven, actually, I booked my very first job. I booked was this um these educational films for American schools, teaching them about Canadian history, geography, and, and like, culture. Hmm. And, like, uh, we have DVDs. So I was, like, 11. It's, like, those schools, like, those videos you would watch in school, you know? Okay. Um, but that was my first thing I ever booked. And I was, like, wow, like, I booked a job. Like, I can really do this. And then when I was 13, I signed with a bigger agency in Toronto, you know, Noble Kaplan Abrams. So I was really young signing there and then um, still was, like, auditioning. Like, really didn't book anything like solid until I was eighteen. but all throughout high school I like took a lot of classes. I would like that was like my thing I would like my parents would take me to acting class acting class like so many acting classes and I think like I just really st- I, I started because I loved John Travolta and then like through the classes and like Louis bowmander, I took so many classes with Louis bowander I really started to learn like the craft of it and fell in love with it through that
0: shout way. out Lewis
1: shout out Lewis <laughs>
0: yeah, no, he's, he's definitely giving me some some sound advice myself so it's like I I love seeing him on the Lb studios on Instagram too and then just seeing who's coming out of there and what they're doing yeah now. and it's, it's really fun just seeing a lot of familiar faces getting their shot, so gotta yeah up.
1: yep yeah
0: now so your parents got you in acting class at a young age now i'm curious if any of those lessons stuck or what those lessons were because my opinion of acting class for kids is they don't need it I I genuinely believe kids don't need acting class. You just got to let them go to set and just tell them what their circumstances are and just let them play. So in your opinion, like what was acting class for you as a child?
1: I agree. I totally agree. I wasn't like that young. I think when I started my first class, when I was 10, 11, I didn't take class. I think I started at 13, which to me, it's like that, like awkward like puberty transitioning time so I don't think for me at that time I would have I could have just shown up to set and like been as free mm-hmm. as a child would be I think it was already at that age where I was like you know a little bit insecure and like gotcha. you know starting to get in your head and stuff um but there were there were classes that I took when I was young and I really didn't like, like, I'm not going to name any names, but there were some classes that like, they literally gave me a report card and I, I don't like
0: acting. Oh, I, I think I know like- which, which class you're talking about.
1: <laughs> you probably do. They like grade you like at school. And I, and I was yep. like, even as, as a young person, I was like, there's something about this that does not feel right. Like this is a this is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be about expressing, like there is yeah. no right and wrong. I just want to play kind of yeah. thing. So I learned that pretty quickly that I didn't like that. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, one thing that Lewis said that like I actually quoted recently that he always stuck with me. He always said, it's not the strong who survive. It's those that can adapt. Mm. And, like, I feel like that's just so true to life, to actors. Um, because even, like, as actors, you know, we can be so resilient and we can be so headstrong in our work, but we could prepare something. Like, we know we could prepare something and then show up to an audition or set and be so, like, confident about what we prepared. And, yeah, it's great, but what if we can't take a note? Yeah. You know what I mean? What, what if we can't um, connect to our scene partner and kind of, like, go with what they're giving us then i don't think we're gonna have very lasting careers or it's gonna be really challenging for us you know on set so i really like that he said that i like that stuck with me a lot
0: nice and we'll be right back after this short message but in the meantime don't forget to connect with us on our instagram at playon 2013 and tell us what you think about the show Do you like mangoes? (laughs) Of course you do. And if you don't, well, I'm sure there's a high chance you might know someone who does. Well, the Two Degrees Podcast is sponsored by Peeled Fruit. No, not just random fruit that's been peeled, but the children's book about a mother's love language of peeling mango for her baby. Available for delivery on bookbaby.com, bookshop.org, Barnes & Noble, Powell's, and Amazon just to name a few of the retailers. It even ships worldwide. Check out at Peeled Fruit Book on Instagram for more information on how to get your copy of this heartwarming story. Peeled Fruit. Illustrated by Rhoda Domingo. Now, back to the show. In high school now, so what was your involvement then when it came to the arts? Where Did you go to art school? Did you go to drama class did like where was your artistic head in high school
1: i i grew up in mississauga do you know where Mississauga are you yeah you know where mississauga is (laughs) okay not many people would know
0: (laughs) what that's uh (laughs) no comment no comment but continue yes
1: Wait, wait side question where did you grow up
0: i'm a scarborough kid i'm malvern
1: a rose. Okay. So you know yeah. Mississauga. Okay.
0: I know. Yeah, okay. I know Mississauga. Yeah. I am so upset with you. <laughs> oh.
1: So I, I grew up in Mississauga. I always wanted to go to a Tokyo School of the Arts. Like I went to the orientation, but it was so far and like knowing myself and how I love to sleep, I was like, realistically, I'm not gonna wake up every morning and take the bus here. So I auditioned for Cothra, which is an art school. Um, and I got in for acting. I went one day. <laughs> I went one day. And I was like, no, I don't know. I was like, I'm not feeling it. Like, I'm not yeah. feeling it. It's still far from my house. All my friends went to Clarkson, where I ended up going. Clarkson's right across the street from my house. Um, <laughs> like, my brother went there. I was like, I don't know. I feel like I should just go to Clarkson. And especially because I was, like, taking acting classes outside of school. I'm like, I think, I think I'll think i just, I don't think I need to go to an art school. but the thing that sucked was drama class at Clarkson. I feel like those that was the class that people took because they thought it was an easy class so I, no one that's really across took it the
0: board any school like even in yeah. my high school where I didn't take drama class but everybody that I knew that was in drama class only took it because it was a bird course and yeah. like I, I remember walking past the the drama class like whenever I'm in school and I look in and everybody's just fooling around and I was like these guys no wonder this class is always full so they just get the credit
1: (laughs) I know exactly that was the same thing at my school so I I only took it in grade 9 and 10 and then I was like no I can't so I didn't like I didn't really besides the classes like on the weekends or in the evenings I didn't really study in high school
0: Hmm.
1: yeah yeah
0: so now after high school um now the the ball's rolling like you're you're booking the bigger projects and everything and then um which is sacred lies
1: yeah sacred lies
0: so was would you say then that was like when the momentum started because i think that was like around the time when i was in la as well and that that was like the one that was getting a lot of love because facebook decided that they were going to jump into the streaming game for a bit and then sacred lives was their big push so it's like yeah. what was your reaction to booking that and then has that or was that a big stepping stone in shaping where you are now
1: yeah um it's interesting like being from canada you know that like i feel like i had like two waves of momentum there's like what you do in canada and then when you make the move to the states it's almost like starting from scratch in a way like you could i i feel like i worked a lot in canada Mm. and i was wow i feel like i'm like a work like i'm a working actor here i'm like having a really good career and then when i got my first la agent it was like oh okay i feel like i'm kind of like starting from zero in a way Mm. although i had all those experiences but the way that they kind of the way that it seemed like the the u.s industry saw it was like oh she's new she's like a new actor and you know what i mean I was interesting which probably gives us an advantage because we have so much experience from canada that they don't really look at so yeah for them considering us as new actors they're probably like wow they're really good you know yeah yeah um yeah, but I think definitely, Sacred Lies was the first project I booked in the states. It was the first project I booked with my agents, my LA agents, and um, I think that was definitely the start of of everything that I've been doing as of late. Like I booked that, and even like character wise, I think that was the first character I I got to do that really challenged me. Like I played a character named Angel who was in juvie. Um, her storyline was amazing incredible she she was tried as an adult at 14 because she shot and killed her uncle who was uh, sexually abusing her her whole life so i was like it was just a lot to to like um a lot to handle and work with as an actor Mm. in a good way in a really good way so It was like really meaty and very artistically fulfilling, challenged me. It showed me that I can play something that's completely different from myself. And also being a woman, like I didn't wear any makeup on -hmm. set. Like they kind of like actually gave me like a little bit darker to make me look kind of like a little bit more rough. But like that rarely happens as a girl. You're like,
0: what's what's the roughest like you would ever define yourself in your real life?
1: What do you mean? Like how I look?
0: like in regards to your attitude how how rough can you get in real life
1: i don't get very rough in real life <laughs> like, honestly i don't but i play a lot of tough characters but mm-hmm. in real life i like don't really get mad i get like if i get upset i get really quiet and i just want to be by myself
0: you know i get okay, kind so of like here like uh, on the real Because I have, I have, I'm in the sibling category too. So in regards to siblings now, okay, this isn't just you on the street and with your friends being played. No, this is with your siblings. How hood can you get with your siblings? Like, would you, would, do you have a tone? Do you ever hit your brother? Like, where, where does your head go? I
1: know you're, you're not going to believe me. I've never gone into a fight with my siblings. Hmm. I've never... I've never gotten even into like a heated argument with my siblings. Like wow. I'm I think because I'm the middle child, I'm like oh, you're I'm definitely like the peacemaker. Yeah, I don't like confrontation. I don't I don't gotcha. like when there's confrontation in our family. I'm like definitely the one who listens to all sides, the mediator, the peacemaker. So I I like, I think since I was a kid, I really just have that energy where I'm like, I'm not trying to add any fuels to the mm. fire because like my family's passionate you know we like they're loud so usually I'm the one that's like okay like making sure everyone's good but like it's that's why like even playing that role in Sacred Lies like I had I actually showed myself that I could do a role like that because mm. and honestly I have to give credit where credit's due I don't know if you ever studied with Sophie Ann Rooney I
0: haven't but I have all of her students I know
1: yeah, so Raw Acting Studios in Toronto, Sophie and Rooney. I I still to this day believe that I booked Sacred Lies because of Sophie, like because of that class. She gave me Danny in the Deep Blue Sea to work with. Yeah. And she gave me Danny. So it was nice. like a gender swap. Yeah, yeah it was a gender swap. And for like six to eight weeks, we I worked on this character and developed like that, getting in touch with that, like, you know, like masculine energy and voice work and animal work with that. And shortly after that class, I auditioned for Sacred Lies. And mm. I really feel that helped me so much. That class helped me a lot. Wow. But in my real life, I know, maybe, I feel like when I have kids, there's gonna, there's that's gonna be like my <laughs> season in life where I'm like ready to throw down for these kids.
0: Nice. <laughs> or gotcha. throw
1: down these kids.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's where my <laughs> head went, was like, oh yeah, no. She's going to go mom mode and when she's just fed yes. up, she's just going to pin them down and and tell them to listen. No, yeah, that's where my yeah. head went. <laughs>
1: that is, that's when the hood's going to come out, when I have that's kids.
0: That's so funny. <laughs> and then you had you got to revisit, I guess, that type of energy when you played Mo in trinkets
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah. then... I feel like Fear Street was a combination of both. Is that accurate? Yep. Yeah. Yeah,
1: 100%.
0: Which is what I wanted to spend some time on too with, with the whole Fear Street trilogy. Now, when you were growing up, were you big on Goosebumps? Like, did you care for that show when it was out? And what was going through your head when this opportunity presented itself where it's like you're going to work with R.L. time
1: yes first yes i was a fan of goosebumps the show and i had like a bunch of the books Oh wow! so i really loved yeah i really loved goosebumps when i auditioned for it i it said i remember it said fear street it wasn't like confidential but i didn't really do i was filming uh trinkets at the time and i didn't look too much into it i was like oh cool it's 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 three movies and i auditioned for like two different characters and like one was dina and one was sarah and i had to do like a british accent and honestly i saw 20th century fox and i was like ah what a joke i'm never gonna like i'm not gonna get this you know what i mean like this is such a cool opportunity but i i was like i i don't know if i'm gonna get it but i did see that lee janiac our director she was on the audition breakdown as the director and i remembered I auditioned for this pilot for this Amazon show called Panic Mm. and this was I auditioned for Fear Street November 2018 and that previous July I believe I auditioned for Panic which Lee directed the the pilot and I auditioned for it and then I got a call back and my agents were like "Uh, the director's doing a session in New York do you want to fly yourself out? You get to meet the director. Like, that's might be, like, a good thing. And I was like, yeah, for sure. The, the flight was cheap. I think I had like, a flight credit. So I flew out to New York just for the day. Like, I didn't spend the night. And I met Lee there. Didn't hear anything. Like, it wasn't, like, I didn't leave being like, oh, I'm going to get this. But I was like, didn't really think much of it, you know? Yeah. Didn't hear anything about the pilot. But then when Fair Street came along, I was like, Lee Jania? Wait, I think I remember her. And so that connection was made. Mm. and I was like oh maybe maybe she remembers me like maybe this is gonna you know give me like a little bit of a better shot but turns out she told me that when she met me at that callback she already had me in mind for the role for fear street wow yeah she ended up telling me that like after I booked it but um when I first got the audition I was like this is so cool and I like I auditioned for dune at the same time and Lavelle was like dune and I was like yeah but
0: Fear
1: Street and he was like what do you mean like okay let's say you book both like I'm like I would rather do Fear Street like this is so dope like it's a period thing multiple characters you know what I mean so I was really excited that's that's
0: actually interesting too because like I I'd reflect that sentiment where I would rather do Fear Street than Dune because it was your childhood like, that's, that's that personal impact, so it's like, I actually get a little jaded when I see reboots and then I hear interviews and, like, the person says that they had no idea, like, what it was or to the original or it's like they never knew about the original until they got the audition and I'm like, these people don't deserve this opportunity. No, but it's it's funny so it's like yeah no Lavelle doesn't know anything why would why would you pick Dune over this this is uh, this is why I don't like him no I'm joking I love him (laughs) (laughs) so now that we're on the top of Lavelle um yeah I'm curious where what is it like to or how do you manage Or how do you make it work being an actor couple? Because you both are on different projects at different times. You guys are on other sides of the country, and it's long distance. And then it's like when you do get together, you guys are exhausted from all the filming and stuff. Where's the balance to make this actor couple work?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, in the last two years since the pandemic we've spent a lot of time together so that's been like a blessing I'd say because um, before that we were definitely experiencing that whereas like I remember there was one time we were like 76 day countdown until we saw each other again and I was like man that's a long time like that's a long time so we we Skype and FaceTime but I don't like it I feel like it's a it's like a tease I'm like like, I'm like a like a physical person, you know? If I can't, like... It, and then you press off and you're alone in your room. and like, damn yeah. it, this is, like, worse than, like, not even <laughs> being able to... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, so, but we, we definitely have to prioritize our relationship. Otherwise, we can get so caught up in what we're doing and then, you know, you kind of, like, lose sight of, like, your person. But that hasn't happened with us, I think, because we also we have a lot of fun together and on, on top of our relationship, we're also best friends, um, which I know so many couples say is is really important, but I feel like it is really important. You know, it sounds like cliche, but I think there's a lot of value in that because I want to hang out with him. So if I do have free time, like I want to spend time with him, you know, and I want to talk to him. I want to share things with him. So I think, like, making each other a priority is definitely key. And, yeah, these pandemic times have have allotted us a lot of time to share together. You know, sometimes, like, I want to kill each other. But if you think about the times where you're like, I'm going to miss you. I want to punch you. I'm going to miss you.
0: <laughs> is there, is the rule of talking shop at home, is that, you're allowed to talk shop or don't bring work home?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, We're definitely allowed, but I think, I think, I would say in a general sense, I feel like I'm, I, I feel like I'm talking more a lot of the times. Like, so I've learned to kind of pick up on the vibe. If it's like not the vibe to really be talking about work, I think I've become really like, perceptive to that um but for the most part like we don't have a really like hard rule like no work but if it becomes to, if it starts to become the only thing or like the the thing we're talking about majority of the time mm-hmm. then we'll be like okay like what else is going on in our lives you yeah. know like we're not yeah. just actors we like have to remind ourselves that
0: yeah when that happens it's all right we need to take a vacation and just get away from it all and turn off yeah guys then have any desire to or are you guys working on anything in regards to putting a project together
1: yeah actually Lavelle wrote an amazing script um he's reworking the title right now but it's like in its third draft and I would be in it uh as well um so that's really exciting it's I think that we're both kind of busy working on our projects right now but when the time is right, we're going to put all of our energy into that and give it like a full push, nice. but yeah, but we ha- we didn't write it together. He wrote it. We haven't actually written anything together, um, but I think definitely like at some point in the future, it's something that we do, probably a comedy. That'd be fun.
0: Nice. So then with respect to that question, you then are also eager to branch off into writing, directing, producing or which one specifically?
1: That's a good question. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I d- I know that I want to direct at some point, hmm. but I don't think it would be something that I'm in at least not in the beginning. But honestly, you know what my dream job on set would be? Steadicam operating.
0: Really? You know,
1: like yeah, like the Steadicam. Like I just I love it so much. I think It's such a uh, an art. Our mm-hmm. Steadicam operator, Street, his name's Nick Muller and or Mueller, probably pronouncing it wrong, but um, he's he's like our age, he was a professional dancer. So seeing his feet and how light they were and the way he was so smooth and fluid and like just the things that we could do like with our shots because he was hmm. so smooth on the cam, it felt yeah. like we were dancing. We would yeah. choreograph things, you know? And it was like, wow, I thought it was so beautiful. So I really, I would love to like operate the steady cam one day. Maybe something when I direct I can be like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot this scene. That'd be cool. Hmm.
0: I was talking yeah. to another actor and we got into the discussion of when the camera is a shoulder shot and when it's mounted and bless you, the um, the camera operator becomes another character in the scene. And it's fun getting to interact with that because us as the actors now, we have to also be conscious of where the camera is. So mm-hmm. we have our actor brain on and then we have our character brain on at the same time. So now I think it's like the, the epitome of where our mental fortitude is at as actors is where we have to have two thoughts going on at the same time. And just so we can incorporate this other character that isn't written in the dialogue that we've studied
1: yep yeah it's challenging it's definitely challenging and like something that i think like we we all have to learn which is not what they teach you in class right like you there's certain things you just don't learn until you get to set like that you know, like I've never been in an acting class where they've actually, where I've experienced that, which might be cool to, to incorporate in a class. But at the same time, it's like, it's never going to be the same as it is on set, you know? Like, mm. yeah, there, there's so many things. And then, like, similar to what you're saying, like filming a horror like Fear Street, there were so many times where you're not even looking at, an, at another actor, you're looking at a mark on the map box because the thoughts go close to the lens. And it's like a certain thing where, you're hearing the line from off camera, but you're directing it at an X on the, on the map box, but you have to be fully committed to speaking Mm. to your to. And, you know, don't look in the lens and don't see like the cameraman's there. And you know, so many things where I'm like, it's like, you just kind of have to like experience it, I guess, to really, really learn how to deal with it. But it's definitely a challenge. Yeah.
0: With, the genre of Fear Street especially. Were you big on horrors growing up? Or are you a horror person?
1: I like horror. I like horror. But then through doing the project, I've learned that some people are like real horror fans. Yeah. Like a good friend of mine, Alex, my co-star in Fear Street, Olivia, they are like, they could, They know everything. Every horror, everything. So hmm. when, I, when I, at first I was like, yeah, I'm a horror fan. And then speaking to them, I'm like, I'm... I'm not really a horror fan. Like, I like (laughs) scary movies. Yeah. Um, But I don't really know too many. I don't really know all the classics. So, Mm. you know, but I appreciate feeling scared.
0: Yeah. I'm curious then now, what's your take and what's your opinion in regards to being the lead in a horror in regards to your energy? Because... Mm -hmm. To the extreme of i look at when a writer in stranger things and i can't for the life of me understand how she maintained this level of um what's the word neurosis where she's just always in that state for that many episodes so for you now having to spend that for three movies what was it like getting to set and knowing that okay I'm going to have to release a lot of amounts of adrenaline in my body when I'm filming. And then what that did to you, if that affected you negatively, because like if you put yourself in a stressful situation for a long time, your body is going to hate you to some degree. Yep. Did you experience that as well? What was it like with Fear Street?
1: Yeah, filming Fear Street was definitely exhausting. I'm so, so grateful that I don't have sleeping problems because I don't know how I would have been able to do it if I like couldn't fall asleep at night. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, I just made it like, that was my life for, we shot all three movies back to back to back. So for that time, I was just, I wasn't drinking alcohol, like doing anything like that. I was um, drinking a lot of water. I took my health very seriously. I was eating really healthily. I made sure I got a good sleep every night and still it was hard, you know? Yeah. So I can't imagine any other way, but um there were, like, there's so many, being in that, like, kind of, like, intensity and and it, having to do the jump scares is what got me the most. Because there's so many, even, like, in the movies, like, you turn a corner and, like, oh, there's a character, you got to do a jump scare. For months after we wrapped, Lavelle would, like, do something and I would, like, come out of the room and I would get really, like, jumpy, like, really scared mm-hmm. really easily. And I think that's kind of where it, like, manifested in my body. Mm-hmm. I was, like, oh, this is weird you know, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't like that before and now I'm not like that anymore. So it, it went away, but I think that's kind of how it showed up for me.
0: Hmm. And then yeah. I was working on a project and the there was a scene where it's like essentially this guy is possessed by this demon and he essentially is delivering this monologue covered in gore and blood and then afterwards, like, it was a, a really profound effect on him where he's like, afterwards, like, I am so hungry. Like, he <laughs> went from this demonic guy, because per- the energy that it takes to just, like, embody this this fear and this thing, it's like, your entire body is in it. And he's like, I'm so hungry. And he, he literally got, like, three times the portion that he usually get at lunch because that was just what his body was feeling after the scene. So yep. what was your body doing and how like what differences did you see in your body when having to do this character at this heightened energy for so long?
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. I know at the time I wasn't really working out that much. I didn't really have much time to be working out. But um I don't know, honestly. I feel like I was just so, like, like focused that I don't even know. Maybe my body was, like, doing things that I just, like, wasn't even present to because I would just go to set and, like, shoot all day and, like, pretty much be in every scene and then go home, look at my lines for the next day, eat, go to sleep, wake up, do the same kind of thing. So, like, I don't even, I don't think I noticed at the time any kind of, like, extreme differences or anything like that but hmm. um, I did notice I was really tired when we wrapped when we wrapped mm. the whole thing I was like I felt so tired like I just yeah. needed to like do nothing
0: for you said a while. it was back to back to back so how many days of shooting in row?
1: So the whole shoot was a hundred and like five shooting days I think wow. um, they shot my, all of my stuff first so I'm not in the middle of movie two because it's the stories being told to my character in the beginning and the end. Yeah. So we shot movie one, movie three, and then my parts of movie two. And then they went on to do the middle part of movie two. So, so I would say I was probably shooting like 80 shooting days and I didn't have, a, I had three days off to fly to LA to do press for trinkets. Other is than this, that, I had-
0: no Monday to Sunday or just Monday to Friday weekends off?
1: Monday to Friday weekends off. Okay thank god <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: and then did fear street then lead into the convention route as well
1: yes yeah i did
0: what, i got into introduced- convention life for you
1: i have i'm yet to do a, an in person one because of covid oh
0: yeah so
1: they're all they've all been virtual which um I can't imagine what an in-person one would be. I'm I'm actually doing, I'm supposed to be doing an in-person one. Hopefully it stays, but so far so good in Atlanta in September. And I'm really excited for that. It's actually like a Fear Street convention. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so that should be really cool. But I've been doing virtual ones and it's really cool, honestly, to be able to connect with fans, even if it's just through a screen, it's different than receiving comments or DMs. Hmm. Like you actually get to see people in their space in their home and have conversations with them and i'm actually yeah like i'm i think they're pretty cool like i i i didn't know what to expect and yeah. i really enjoy them they're cool
0: yeah what was your yeah. then take on them from before in regards to even before um like before sacred lies even where yeah. what was your take on the convention world were you involved in it at any degree
1: No, I wasn't. The first time, I went to Comic-Con for Sacred Lies, but we weren't in the convention center. We had an escape room, like, off to the side, and Mm -hmm. it kind of felt like a complete thing where I was like, oh, in the convention center, like, only the top people, you know what I mean? I was like, we're not there yet, but I was, I kind of, I thought it was, like, really cool, but it felt like something I probably would never, like, I'd never get the chance to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But it felt, it felt almost like, I don't know, I think it's cool. Like, I I wasn't really involved with any before, but it seemed like this, like, thing that only, like, really cool people got to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know
0: why. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> like, but it's true, because conventions are, just like how you said, how Netflix has whatever way to make um, a movie, like, a hit, where conventions where were only for movies that were hits essentially yeah. where it's like if yeah. you made it to the convention route you you've got something you're a part of something
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so yeah
1: definitely yeah
0: no, it's I'm cool so- to
1: see people all over the world you know like pay to want to come and support you and i'm like mm-hmm. it's like it's like we're talking about with instagram right it's, it, it doesn't feel tangible but then when you see a person you're like oh my gosh you're real
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: real people behind those accounts
0: has has it hit yet in regards to that emotion of being that person that people are watching and saying that oh because of you I want to do this has it has it sunk in yet that you're that person that people are seeing
1: I think honestly those conventions have really helped that sink in for me because otherwise I like read it on Instagram and it's hard for that to like sink in like I have to really try to be like read if I read comments which I like don't read a lot of the comments for reasons like we spoke of earlier like not all not positive I have to really like breathe in the the things that I read and that can be tricky because sometimes you don't want to breathe in certain things because they're they could be harmful to your spirit yeah. so In the conventions, like, thankfully, everyone that I've met through the conventions has been there because they're supportive and they're positive. So I think that every time I I leave a convention, um, I, like, talk to my parents and I'm like, yeah, this person said that, like, now they want to be an actor because of me and they felt really represented on screen because of me. And I, in those moments, I actually, like, take it in and I feel like, wow, this is, this is the reason why I really love to do what we do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, that's so great. That's so fun. But uh, yeah. I, I just want to keep talking more because I, I want to get into so many other facets of, like, entertainment in regards to your opinion on where it's going and what do you want to do and what things are down the line. But we're, we're, we're... Lavelle would get mad that I would have given you time. So <laughs> I got to
1: do another one.
0: Yeah, no, let's definitely do another one. But uh, in the meantime, I just want to say again, thank you so much for coming out and lending your time and sharing your wisdom and your thoughts. And I definitely hope that we could do this again.
1: Thank you, Xavier. Thank you. It was honestly so nice talking to you. I hope your generator's all good. You gotta let me know.
0: And I genuinely forgot (laughs) about that for a second, but thanks for reminding me. but everybody thanks for tuning in two degrees podcast brought to you by the play on foundation kiana madeira check out everything that she's doing and don't forget if you haven't seen it yet fear street on netflix if you're looking for a good what do you i don't even know how to classify other than like a good whore because i don't think they've they've really made them like that in a while because you actually show the the gruesome killing parts yep like when I i, I want to say it was it was a bread slicer, was that? Yeah. Yeah. Like they showed it. Yep. And I remember I was like, oh, oh, it's that kind of movie. Okay. All right. Let's. <laughs> they like, it's like they could have just, you know, oh, it's going to the slicer and then just yep. blood splat. But no. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking for a good horror flick, definitely check it out. But other than that, thank you again, for coming out. It was pleasure. Thank you thank you all for tuning in artwork by Monique Lazardo. music by Kate Cole if you enjoy the podcast please like subscribe share tag us whatever all the fun things people do when they like something but most importantly check out www.letsplayon.org for the play on foundation and lend your voice in bringing awareness to the neurological research for brain aneurysm detection and prevention. My name's Chavi. See you next time on the Two Degrees Podcast.